Welcome to the Angry Habs Fan Podcast Show. It is Sunday, October 16th, 2016. Broadcasting to you live from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I'd like to slightly apologize for last week. Um, right in the middle of our Habs segment, uh, the doorbell went off and my dogs went crazy. And it was a little loud and bothersome. Um, it was Canadian Thanksgiving last week and my guests were starting to arrive. So you were quarterly invited to the chaos of my home. And I'm sorry if it was a little overwhelming. Um, So sorry about that. Uh, As well, I'd like to, in the good news section, uh, announce that we're now on iTunes. So I'm quite happy about that. A lot of people like to use iTunes to find podcasts. Not to mention a lot of people use iTunes in their cars. So, uh, you know, if you're on a road trip and you're listening to this, uh, I salute you. Particularly if you're on a road trip to go see the Montreal Canadiens. I know a lot of people do that, uh, myself included. I've done that, and it's a great way to go see another city. So uh, we're on iTunes. Good news. Uh, quick segment notes this week. Uh, there's a couple of good rants and uh, goodbye and ugly. Well, I hope so. I haven't done them yet, but uh, I'm pretty sure there will be. Um, as well, uh, there's no weekly habitat this week. Uh, all the NHL and Hab news will be covered in the ne- in the two segments we're doing this week. So. Uh, there was no additional news to report, and so there will be no weekly habitant this week. I also wanted to wish all the poolers out there good luck. Uh, myself, I'm in two pools. We haven't done one. We're a little late starting. And the second pool, we're in like fifth. So it's a good start. We're in the running. And uh, to all the poolers out there, I'm sure you've done your pools and you've started watching hockey, and I hope you're enjoying it. So let's move right into our first segment, which will pretty much cover the entirety of the two games that uh, the Montreal Canadiens had. Uh, And we'll call it uh, the new and improved Breakfast of Champions. And you'll notice my voice goes up at the end there. Uh, You know, it's a question. Is it the Breakfast of Champions? Well, you know, I'll I'll let you know at the end. Uh, The Montreal Canadiens had two games this week on the road. Uh, The first game was in Buffalo and the second game was in Ottawa. Thursday and Saturday. Uh, They won the first game 4-1 and they lost the second game 4-3 in shootout overtime. So they came away with three points out of four. Uh, You know, when you get three points out of four when you're on the road, it's excellent. Uh, It's definitely a positive. Um, However, it does come with caveats. Uh, This could have easily gone many other ways. Uh, When I said, you know, it could have been one, two, two points, three. Well, it was three, but it could have been zero. Uh, even the game in Buffalo, you know, Buffalo was on us sometimes, often even. And we often relied on our goaltender to bail us out, I would say, in both games. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, let's let's not, you know, just, just three points are in the bank and we'll take them. And uh, it'll help us on our way to the uh, Stanley Cup, in quotations. Uh, I'd like to point out, however, that uh, the two games were played against weak teams. Uh, Buffalo, who I think will end up at the bottom of the table. I'm regretting I didn't take them last week uh, in my bottom three, uh, but I think they might be in the bottom three. Uh, So, you know, a bit of a weaker team there, though they played well. And uh, Ottawa, who I see as a bubble team, a playoff bubble team, who I think will miss the playoffs. Uh, So in my opinion, two weaker teams, Uh, you know, so that definitely comes with that caveat. Uh, And because they were two weaker teams, though they played hard and it is the beginning of the season, 
uh, they they gave you know they gave us a run for their money and uh, we could have lost those two games. Uh, so the you know it does come with that caveat. Uh, the first game was a lot better. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens played that game. I think they deserve to win, if you will. Um, and uh, Al Montoya, uh, huge saves at uh, multiple p- parts of the game. He did a great job. Uh, he did a great job in Ottawa too. Uh, we we could have easily lost that game, particularly. Uh, it's important to point out here that Price is on injured reserve right now. Uh, apparently, he caught a virus and got a fever, and he is on antibiotics. Uh, so he he was put on injured reserve last week. However, this Monday, he should be coming off injured reserve, if I'm reading the signs, the tea leaves correctly. Uh, that, w- that would allow him to play at some point this week. Uh, it might not be Tuesday. A lot of people are hoping he'll play Tuesday. Uh, he might just be coming off his fever and might not play Tuesday. Uh, but uh, let's. this is just hoping he comes off the IR, and that way we know everything's okay with him. Because if he doesn't come off the IR by tomorrow, that means he's going to spend another week on injured reserve and we won't be able to see him till next week. And if that's the case, well then, you know, Hab fans will start definitely worrying if we are not already. Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to teams putting players on IR, especially as Hab fans know, in particular with Price, oh dear. You know, it's not a good history there. Uh, You know, we've been told before we should see him any day now, and uh, we never saw him again. But, uh, you know, I think he'll be back on Monday, and that'll be great news when that happens. However, up to now, um, Al Montoya is holding the fort. Like we said last week, uh, second best goalie in the NHL. and uh, Or or first, even. Uh, Might even dethrone Price, I believe, we we called. So... (laughs) Anyways, Montoya keeping it up, but we can't rely on Montoya to uh, do this on a constant basis, which, you know, when you're having those kinds of incredible opportunities, it's also a reflection of some some pretty glaring mistakes in your defense. And we'll get we'll get into that a bit later into the when we look at the defense of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you know, there was some good and bad in, in the defense play. No doubt about that. But for starters, let's look at the first line. We'll, we'll see how they did against the two games. And in my opinion, they look pretty good. Uh, you know, for a first line, they would come out and apply pressure and get chances. And, you know, I, I you know, you can't ask much more of their first line. I mean, uh, Gallagher has been the offensive juggernaut of the team up to now, which I don't think anyone would have called. He's doing what he's got to do and getting rewarded for it, which is always nice to see. Uh, Galchenyuk you know you could see he is making some mistakes he's still learning his position but he's more than covering up for that with the pure raw skill and talent that he has on offense uh creating chances playing hard i have very few troubles with galchenyuk right now uh one thing for sure is is he has to work on his face-offs because a number one center is going to take a lot of face-off for the montreal canadian Montreal Canadiens in the next few years, in the next multiple years. So, you know, he's got to get much better at face-offs. And then that leaves us with Max Pacioretty. Now, Max Pacioretty, you know, uh, there's been shifts I liked and shifts I didn't. Uh, you know, there's shifts he comes out and he plays really well and gets chances, shoots, gets shots, uh, you know. And there's shifts where I find he's erased a bit, uh, much, much on the colder side. So uh, last week I predicted there's a chance he might start off a little cold. 
I mean, you know, uh, if you would have told me he's only going to have one assist after two games, that's a bit of a chilly start. Uh, I will point out that, you know, if you didn't notice it against the Buffalo game, he was really hunting that empty net goal, uh, something I've been pointing out now for too many weeks in a row. But I will point it out again because he really was. He had a couple cracks at it and he missed the net. I wish he scored, you know, if that's what it takes to get his engine going crank it up but uh you know Pacioretty looks a little rusty which is you know I mean unfortunate because he's been playing the most hockey out of the two uh so we'll see what happens there but as a first line as a whole I'm happy with it um the second line Radulov, Lycan and Plekanex well you know it's a tale of two cities here uh you know Radulov as I predicted last week is playing very well is doing what we expected of him is producing uh, chances, uh, you know, he's he's a big body, he's using his body, uh, you know, but uh, he's also got some help in Lykanen. Lykanen, I'm finding, is, is, a, is a very good player as well, uh, you know, plays very similarly, very intense, very offensive, you know, has a good shot, and, uh, you know, they're both playing great, you know, in a certain level. However, their center, Plekanex, has yet to show up for the season, let's be honest. Uh, you know, apart from a couple of streaks here and there, uh, he's been pretty much non-existent now. I don't know if if he's, you know, hanging behind because he's got two such offensive wingers that he's, you know, playing that such vaunted defensive game I keep hearing about. But uh, Plekanec's minus one. Um, so I'll just, I'll just leave that out there. Uh, hasn't showed up. You know, uh, he will show up. Uh, you know, his two line mates are playing too good for him not to, but uh, it's kind of disappointing when the the veteran center is 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 just nowhere to be found. And again, Plekanec has been playing hockey for over a month now. Um, no excuse, no excuse. Uh, terrible on faceoffs, erased from the game. I'm looking for someone needs to tell him the season has started. Uh, pretty much, I can't remember last time he had a good start to his season. Maybe last year, actually. Anyways, Plekanex has got to get going. But uh, good start by Radulov and Lykanen. And, you know, when you're looking at it as far as compared to last year, uh, definite improvement on the second line. We actually have a second line that could be quite effective. And I'm looking forward to seeing more from them. Uh, the third line of Shaw, Darren, and Carr is, is, to be honest, probably the surprising line, but not surprising. It, too, has many new pieces to it. Shaw being the principal one, but they have been, for me, probably the most consistent and if not the best line of the Montreal Canadiens. I know people say, well, the first line, come on, but, you know, that third line is a great line to put out there. Shaw has been a beast. He's been, you know, a bit ugly here and there, but, you know, he's been playing great and hard and, you know, the kind of hockey we expect from him. And Darne, surprisingly, is is playing well. I, I, I have very few complaints about Darne. I'll point out Darne right now is our best face-off guy. Uh, so he's actually winning face-offs. Uh, he's making good passes, and he's playing pretty good hockey. They're, they're getting chances. And, you know, Darren is often at the center of the chances they're getting. And, of course, Carr, who I, you know, is just, you know, the guy's a one-man wrecking crew, and I just really hope he doesn't end up wrecking himself. Uh, but uh, there's you can never accuse him of never trying, and his trying produces, you know, coughed-up pucks and... And opportunities for his teammates. Uh, the third line has been 
absolutely upgraded, improved, if you will, from last year. Uh, very happy with that. Uh, the fourth line has been good too. Uh, the fourth line, but uh, you know, it better be at this point. Uh, we've been building this line for many, many, many years now. And uh, so, you know, we're at the point now with uh, all the grinders we've we've gone through that I, I would hope we found three that we're happy with. And, you know, I would say all three are playing great for fourth liners. Uh, uh, very few things this bad to say about it. They, they've even contributed offensively, which uh, is always encouraging for a hockey team to get a goal from the fourth line. And they deserve the goal. They, they play hard. So great news on the fourth line. Um, let's move to the defense, you know, and here's a mixed basket. Uh, there's some, some definite good stuff going on on the defense, but there's also some less good things going on. Uh, I like Weber. You know, Weber's been the top minutes guy on defense. Uh, he's been continuing his play uh, like he did in the World Cup. Just a solid defenseman, no nonsense, uh, you know, a, a general. And, uh, you know, as well, his teammate, Beaulieu, who plays with him, uh, has been playing great hockey. I'm very happy with the way he's been playing hockey. Uh, You know, he seems very confident with Weber. I hope they stay together and I hope it clicks. And it looks like it is because there you have one defenseman who's a little more responsible defensively and another who's, you know, more apt to carry the puck out and maybe be on the offensive side. And Bolia, for me, has been all over the ice and looking good all over the ice with the puck, passing it, playing it. And, you know, we need that from Bolia. Unfortunately, you know, it's not showing up yet in the scoring sheet, but I think it will. I think it will. Uh, So I'm pretty, I'm quite happy about that. Uh, As well, I'd like to point out another good defenseman that's been playing a bit lights out lately is, is Emelin. Uh, here are two games where he came out gangbusters and hitting, hitting, and hitting. And last week we mentioned we don't want him to get any points. Finishes the year with zero points. But, you know, if he could get a hit or a hit every two shifts, you know, doing his job. And he is doing that job. And good for him. And I think, I think there's a few factors for that. And I think it has to do with the fact that he has a few guys now that are helping him as far as the the physical play. Uh, definitely Shaw is is one of them, uh, and definitely Weber as well is another. Not to mention, you know, Patteron's a big boy. Uh, you know, so we're starting to see a much bigger team on the Montreal Canadiens, a team that's also willing to to initiate scrums to to get involved in scrums a lot of times in the past you would see scrums where the montreal canadian players there would be one or two guys mo- at most and uh you know they really couldn't handle it but now it's it's you know it's the other team that's getting upset about these things and it's a nice change um so i think for emelin that's a huge plus because he is not the only player relied upon now to distribute a physical game. Uh, Emlyn's game is to be physical, but I don't think he's, you know, he can't be the only player doing that. And that, that might be why he has disappeared in the past. I'm throwing a theory out here, by the way. I don't know if this is true. But uh, when you're the only player on a team that's playing physical, and you're asked to play, you know, 80 games that are physical, you know, it's not surprising you're going to take a night or two off. Uh, I'm hoping this is the reason. Now, you know, we'll see. 
you know, he could disappear for a week and I could be completely wrong here. But I have a feeling he's going to keep hitting because, you know, when you hit someone hard, there's always that scrum after and you always got guys going after you. And it's a lot easier when you have Shaw out there holding two, two guys back for you uh, as opposed to having all five guys coming at you. Uh, so we'll see about that. But Emelin, definitely a tip of the hat for this, the defensive play. Uh, however, I will say this: there's there is some negative. I mean, you know, uh, we, you know, we just played two weaker teams, and they had a lot of chances and great chances, even you know. And we can't allow that. I know it's the beginning of the year, and got to give them time. We'll see. Uh, you know, Markov. You're, you're, I mean, if if you don't see the age now, you're blind. Um, many a play, he was, not many, but quite a few, he was kind of like a pylon. If he's not moving, he's, he's easy to pass now. Uh, you know, he's slow. I'm just going to say it, he's slow. I don't know if he's going to get some of that speed back. Uh, luckily, he's smart, so he plays a really smart positional game. However, it's the first time where I've noticed that being so important to him, like almost to the point where that is his game now. He's not the kind of player, if a player gets by him, he's not catching up. There's just no way. Uh, So, uh, you know, I do like him, though, on the power play. He's still got that quarterback passing ability that, uh, you know, is very important on the power play. But, uh, you know, he's going to need help on the defensive end. Um... I'm hoping he plays a lot less minutes uh, because, and I'm hoping maybe he gets better. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say with a guy that old. Uh, so we'll definitely keep tabs on that. So that's about it for the defense. Uh, as far as general team play, uh, obviously I've pointed out the faceoffs a few times. I mean, it, it was really, really bad. I mean, usually I'm not even one guy. I'm not even a guy who points that out or even notices it but when you start noticing it and you usually don't that you can't win a face-off for your life it's it's not good it's not good uh you know like i said before de Arne is your best centerman uh you know i can i can uh, i can excuse galchenyuk on a certain level seeing as he's still learning to be a center and i'm hoping he can become better at center at uh sorry face-offs however i can't excuse plekinex 38 percent uh Here's a player who's been playing center his entire career, uh, first line, second line duty, and you know I just, you know, you got to be doing at least fifty percent at this point in your career. I, I I don't understand, and and you know, it's it's unfortunate because it's causing trouble. It's leading to direct chances for the other teams and perhaps taking away puck possession from ours. Uh, I don't think I have to convince anyone that winning face-offs is very important in the NHL. And the Habs are not doing that right now. The power play, I mean, there's some good and bad in the power play. Uh, something that we had a lot of trouble with last year. I think the power play has a lot more talent on it, for sure. Uh, just Radulov, I find every time he gets the puck, something could happen. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, not only that, but uh, I like the in-front-of-the-net in presence now. Um, you know, poor Gallagher, who who pretty much was the only player in the past that kind of did it. You know, now we have Shaw there, uh, you know, and a couple of other players. Carr, perhaps, you know, might go to the front of the net. But I don't know. I noticed in any time a defenseman was shooting pretty much, there was at least one guy, if not two. Uh, you know, when Petrie scored on his power play goal, 
it was the perfect Shaw Gallagher two guys in front of the goalie. The goalie didn't even see it. Uh, and then, you know, that's going to produce success. Uh, I hope they keep that up. However, on the flip side of that, you know, it, 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 it's just, it, it looks like it still needs a lot of work. It looks like a kind of power play that, that you know, if a few things go wrong, it, it, it could, could start falling apart. Um, I, all that to say is I'm not convinced. You know, I think it's better than last year, but, but that also isn't saying much. Um, so we'll see. Again, you know, again, it's been two games. You know, I'll, I might say that a few times this week because it's, it has only been two games. I'm not going to, you know, condemn them or praise them to death on the first two games. Um, let's look at the rookies. Uh, Sergachev, uh, you know, here's a negative, unfortunately. Uh, he didn't play in Ottawa. He played in Buffalo. And I didn't think he had a good start. Uh, you know, uh, pretty brutal, uh, to be frank. Uh, you know, he's doing what he's trying or supposed to do, be an offensive player. You know, I just find that you know, he's got that rookie taking chances at the wrong time thing, losing the puck. I will say this in his defense. Uh, every time he loses the puck, he somehow fa- finds a way to get back in the play to to negate his mistake. But he's always on an, on a string of, of just, you know, giving up a breakaway or, or, or something like that. And we all know how much Michel Terrier loves that. And uh, there were a few instances of that in Buffalo. I will say this in his Michel Terrier's defense, if you will. Uh, after those mistakes, he kept playing, and you got to keep playing him. You know, the guy's 18 years old. You got to keep playing him. He's going to keep making those mistakes, unfortunately. Like, like, but let's just hope he gets rid of them. Uh, you know, it reminded me a little bit of PK Subban, uh, if you will. And uh, you know, got to get that out of him because those those mistakes can cost you games, and Michel Terrier won't put up with them so much. So he didn't play in Ottawa. But, uh, you know, Petrie came back, so he took uh, Petrie's spot. Uh, I mean, vice versa. But So he, already sitting in the press box, but but more than worthy to be sitting in the press box. He, You know, if he had a huge game against Buffalo and was sitting in the press box, I would be bitching about Terrier. But uh, no, 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 no. He's, he needs to learn that, you know, the, the conservative play, especially when you're 18, is probably the better move. And, uh, you know, you take your chances at better opportunities. Uh, you know, maybe here's a player who I, I mean, I know it's only been one game. I hope he gets another chance, you know, uh, but it's starting to look a little full there in the back line, uh, that we have six players that are, are regulars, which leaves him as a seventh. So I don't know how much playing time he's going to get. And because of that, I think, I think in the next four five, six games, we might see him sent down. And for Sergachev fans, I apologize. I don't think I'm really looking into a crystal ball by saying that. Uh, will he be called up again? I would say yes, absolutely. But uh, he needs to play. He needs to play and get those mistakes out of his system. Lykanen, I we already talked about him. Great performance, great skill, great effort, great shot. And he needs a center to wake up. Uh, you know, him and Shaw, you know, I, uh, the week before we explained Shaw was possibly, uh, sorry, Radulov. You know, at least Radulov has a mate on that island now, but Plekinex, uh has to come into play, and uh, otherwise, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be two players, you know, two on threes all the time. And even though they still make something happen, you know, you, can't, you need that third guy coming too. 
And uh, so, you know, we're left with wondering, you know, after two games, these two games, what kind of team we have, you know, Price is on the IR. So, again, we're left with a team without its best piece. But again, maybe that's a good chance for us to look at what this team is actually made of. And we see we see a lot of good, but some bad. Um, you know, it's kind of we were we were promised a new and improved team. I'm not arguing that it is new and improved. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, if you're going to use the serial reference, it's got that on the box. It passes all labeling laws. Uh, it's definitely new and improved. Now, how has it been new and improved? That's another question. You know, new and improved. Uh, you know, does it have more raisins, more wheat? If I can keep going with this cereal reference, I would argue that's exactly what it is. You know, maybe 10% more. Uh, we're definitely bigger. We definitely have better players. Um, so there's no doubt it's new and improved on that front. Uh, you know, you know, maybe there's a toy in the box. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means, to be honest. Uh, I'm just going to keep going with the serial reference. However, I will say this, uh, you know, it, it could still be the same old cornflakes, right? You know, I, I think I think anyone who's been in the cereal aisle knows that uh, new and improved pretty mean pretty much means, you know, it could be it could be something good, but it could just mean more wheat or you know a few more flakes. And I'm just unsure. I'm just unsure if it's the same old cornflakes because uh, if I can keep using cornflakes, and I like cornflakes, but uh, you know, last year's cornflakes were horrible. They were terrible. They, 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 they. You know, gave me a, a many, many, uh, many issues that I won't go into. Many side effects that I won't go into. I don't want to gross everyone out. Uh, I never want to see those cornflakes again. So now that this box says these are new and improved, I'm like, okay, they look new and improved. Uh, they smell new and improved. But I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, you know, this is a team that just, you know, has a lot of new pieces, but also has still the same old pieces. The new pieces look good, but the old pieces, some of them don't. Uh, you know, the old pieces, Plekinix, Pacioretty, kind of slow, let's go. You know, what's going on? These are veterans that are supposed to be veterans and playing well. Markov slowing down, maybe not his fault. You know, these are all players that are all veterans that have all been in the dressing room forever. And they are not the players that I would expect on a new team to be left behind a bit. I would expect them to be leading the way. Instead, I'm finding it's the new players leading the way. So I'm just very hesitant to, to, to just call this a breakfast of champions if you will uh frankly it's not um if anyone knows breakfast of champions will definitely know the irony of this but it's 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 this isn't a stanley cup winning team even with carrie price in front of it i know i'm gonna anger people saying that because carrie price is god and i understand and on many levels he is however no goalie can win the cup by themselves. None. Not even Patrick Waugh won the cup by himself, even though a lot of people might think that. Uh, and I just don't quite see it yet. And now two games in, I don't see it yet. Next week, I might be singing a completely different tune. And it's a little discouraging that I'm saying that with three points in the bank too, because, uh, you know, you'd think I would be happy about that, but I'm sort of mediocre. I'm on the fence. 
and I don't see the championship team yet. I don't see that. And the reason I say that is because everyone keeps telling me we are on this two, three year, you know, going for the cup as long as Price is signed with us. Uh, will he re-sign with us? Won't he? That's a completely other debate, a very important one for our franchise. But uh, up to then, it should be all engines going for the cup. And, you know, I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're there yet. I, I think we're missing a piece or two if this continues. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So new and improved, yes. But breakfast of champions, I wouldn't bet my house on it. So let's move into the good, bad, and ugly. Uh, we'll cover uh, a little more of what happened in the NHL over there. We'll definitely look at the Habs there as well. And uh, that should do it for this segment.